You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. You know, every time you hear a message on purpose, it comes so strong. Let me be sure I'm not missing it. Let me be sure. Okay, the truth is that I don't have a clear-cut answer. Okay? But the thing is this. Just the same way we said about the manual car is that you would know when you're not working in your purpose because you'll see the struggle. That's one clear one. One other one is that there are some things that God has given to us that are given. Like we started, remember, we started with Genesis 1.26 and say, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. And you can put Genesis 1. Yes, please put it on the screen. The way it is is this. If a manufacturer says, let us make a car, okay? And let this car be the most beautiful car in the world, okay? The fastest car. That is, let them have dominion, okay? I'm taking that Genesis 1 now. I'm bringing it in a language that we can understand. He said, let that car be the fastest car, okay? And the most, um, what are the things they say about? Fuel efficient, you know, aerodynamic and all of that. Let the car trump every other car. Okay? Now, if they finish making that car, sir, and that car is not able to move you from Guagualada to Suleja, what has happened? It's an artwork. Praise the Lord. It's beautiful. But what? The very purpose. So for every one of us here, one singular overriding purpose is that you must be like God. Praise the Lord. We must reflect his image. And how you understand and comprehend the scriptures is that when you see something in the Old Testament, it is made clearer in the New. So in the New Testament, the Bible says our whole duty is that the image of Christ be what? Formed in us. So that purpose is simple. No matter where I find myself in, I keep working to make sure that I'm reflecting God's glory or God's image. So we take a practical example now. We take Joseph. Joseph in his father's house, okay? We don't know whether the father loved him most. Well, the Bible insinuated he loved him most because he was the child of his old age and the favorite wife and all of that. But we could see that in the father's house, he was loved by the father, okay? So, but let's excuse that there might have been some partiality there. But from when he became a slave, was Potiphar loving Joseph because he was the favorite son of his father? Why was he loving him? He was loving him because he was pleasing him. He was outstanding. Now, was being a slave Joseph's purpose? No, you can't say that's his purpose. But the way he was living was essential to him fulfilling his purpose. Praise the Lord. He could have gotten to Potiphar's house and said, no, I'm born to reign. I'm above, not beneath. It's not my portion. Praise the Lord. And then when they give them chores to do in the house, he will refuse to do it. He said, don't you know who I am? I'm a Hebrew, descendant of Abraham. Praise the Lord. I have a purpose. But when he found himself in Potiphar's house, he looked at the environment. How do I shine here? You shine by shining the floor more than every other person. And he took the brush and took the tower and started doing what? 
shining the floor more than a... In that process, he became head in that house. So purpose is, you see, we, we listen to it, but we must step back. There are what we may call uh, grades in different environments and different circumstances. You, as you're working in them, things will be thrown up. So we look at his case again. You see, he's been a good representative of God there, made him become the head of the household. He became the managing director of Potiphar's house. Now, interestingly now, becoming that did not bring him a reward. What did it bring him? It brought him trouble from Potiphar's wife. But you see, because it's God, part of what we're going to touch today, because it's God we are talking about, God is only what? Potent. You see, believers, a lot of times we have issues because we don't know the God we deal with. Because God is omnipotent, sir. If I want this thing now and it flies off my hand for some reason, or maybe somebody knocks it off my hand, I must believe that God is able to make that thing go round and round and round. And when I've forgotten it, he'll come and put it in my mouth. You must understand omnipotence. So Joseph was growing in this house as he was obeying God and honoring everybody he should honor, keeping the words of the Lord. Praise the Lord. He got to where he could say, oh, finally, I mean, at least the fellow servants are bowing to me. Trouble came, and that was prison. When he got to prison, did he say this thing is not working again? What did he do? He started again in prison. He started doing the same thing in prison. And as he continued to do it in prison, he started rising in prison again. As simple as that. It was in that process that the whole dream and Pharaoh got involved. And then we can see him finally, ultimately, sitting in the place where God determined for him. And then he could say to his brothers much later, you meant it for evil. But God what? Intended. God's original intent. He said, told Joseph from the beginning, you're going to become prime minister in Potiphar's house. You know, he may not have gone through that process. well, But he just knew that he had to honor God anywhere he is. Praise the Lord. He had to bring forth the knowledge of God. The Bible says, who Christ, who through us diffuses the fragrance of Christ in where? Every place. Every place. So I'm in school. I diffuse the fragrance of Christ. I'm in a household. I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm a child. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm diffusing the fragrance of Christ. In that process, God is what? Directing my path. The challenges that come my way. He knows he's using them. The successes that come, he's also using them. Everything that is coming, he's using them because he's the master. Praise the Lord. He's looking at us from above and he's orchestrating, shifting and turning. Ours is just to keep what? Honor him. Now, where that will help us understand this so that it's not too abstract is when the child of God settles that, he now knows that this God that made me, these are the, what we may call his instructions. Okay. In the military, you often wonder, you know, I've often wondered, why do they spend so much time teaching them attention, at ease? You know, in a world, do they do attention and at ease? Where is um, Chris? Is Chris here? You join the military for months that drilling you. All that drill is to put something in you. You know what is to put it? To put discipline, to take orders. That's it. You know why they do that for months and years sometimes? Because in the real war, 
If you don't take orders, you're a risk to yourself and to the rest of the people. They teach you to shoot. They teach you the rest of it. But every morning, you see them, they'll come up. And then they will be reminded that no matter how I feel, I should obey that man. You know why? That is their safety. It's the same way with a Christian. There are things that you learn that God can now use it to now set you up, you know, for victory in the real warfare. If Joseph never learned holiness, God cannot bring him to the prime minister's house. How could they connect? He's a slave. Nobody. He needed to have contact with the dreams of Pharaoh's stewards. And the only place that could happen, where they would meet in the market. He goes to slave market. They go to citizens market. The only place it could happen was that this Potiphar had to be so provoked by Joseph that he put him in the prison of those that want to kill. The king's prison. And then Pharaoh now had to also be provoked by his own people. He put them. That's where God arranged their meeting. If Joseph had not been trained to live the life that honors God, if that woman tempted, if he considered the cost, he would compromise. But God was sure that this man, with what I've trained him with, this is the only way I can push him to prison. That's why Christians, we cannot joke with obedience. They tell us there is a grace that covers disobedience. That grace will also cover purpose. You will not, how can you fulfill purpose when you're disobeying the one that is leading you? How many of us use a GPS here? You program it and you say, don't talk to me again. It says, after 50 meters, take left. And you say, I don't like left turns. Will you get to your destination? No, you will never get there. Don't put yourself looking to the end. Today there is a step. Tomorrow there is a step. In the circumstance where you are, there is something God wants to, to bring you. Just keep shining. Keep shining. Keep shining. Keep praying. Okay? Keep praying. Keep shining. And we're going to say something again here. Then th- there's another level of it, which, you know, is very important. Is the stirrings of your heart. Where some things just, some things touch you somehow. Let's look at the scriptures. In Judges 13, Judges 13, the last two verses, 24 says, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Praise the Lord. 25, New King James says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahine Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. The Living Bible. And the Spirit of the Lord began to excite Samson. Whenever he- Whenever he visited the parade grounds of the army of the tribe of Dan. Can you see what is happening there? And that was where the war should take place. Every time he was in the environment of his calling, something was happening to him. The spirit of the Lord began to excite him. Began to excite him. For me, one of the things that made me start feeling that God might want me to be a... Was that... If I came to church then, I used to feel for the pastor. Somehow, I just used to feel for him. One day he came and he said, ah, that, um, that he, he, I can't remember what he was saying, but long and short was that, that so, Saturday night, he doesn't sleep, the burden of coming to minister. You know? And the thing just caught me. So from then, almost Saturday nights, I also wouldn't be able to sleep. I was as if I was now joined. I was not a pastor, nothing. You know, but there was something, everything he said that 
concerned the work he was doing. I was feeling it in a different way. You know how you can see somebody doing something and you don't even notice what the person is doing? But you know that if you're art inclined, you appreciate art, isn't it? If you're science inclined, anything you do, you know. So it says the spirit of the Lord used to excite him whenever he came to the camp of the Danite, which was where the valley, where the war should take place. But Samson refused to be moved by that excitement. The only thing that excited him was when he saw the Philistine woman. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. You understand? So some of us, you're called to be a treasurer. You know what happens? Anytime money is mentioned in God's house, you'll feel something in your heart. Let me get this. And so let them stop making this announcement. Praise the Lord. You're in an office. You're in an environment. There is a stirring of the heart. You will know. You know all of us don't have the same burdens. Your burden is an indication of your purpose. Very clear. Your burdens. There are some things that don't bother some people. And it just means that, you know, someone will come in here now, you know, and he's just looking, okay, see that, I wanted to say to before, see that dead plant. And the person is wondering, why are they so mean to this plant? Oh, plant. Oh. Some other people will come and push it over and say, what's this thing doing here? It's occupied. You understand what I'm saying? So, so there are witnesses. The Bible says the deep calling to the deep. Inside of every one of us, there's something that stirs us up. So for something, it says whenever you see something, you know, it stirs you up. It's an indication of your purpose. Whenever you hear something, it stirs you up. Like the issue of Nigeria now. When people, some people think of the problems of Nigeria, the only thing they think is run away. But if he, God has given you a body for Nigeria, whenever you think, you know, or hear the issues in Nigeria, it just creates a body. You want to cry out to God. So different persons, different bodies, but that's an indication. Praise the Lord. So this is what it was. Now, a man who is obeying God daily can never miss his purpose. It's impossible. You know why? Ask yourself as a parent. Can my son want to do my pleasure and I'll frustrate him? Is it, it's not possible. You want him to do your will, Abby, and he wants to do your will. Nothing can come in between. Nothing. So the child of God who is walking in obedience must not fear. Am I missing my purpose? No, you can't. You can't. Because his guidelines, his word, his daily word to you is leading you into that place. Another thing we have to be clear in this leading now is that, you know, people make decisions. I know we said this, whether it was last Wednesday or the other, that as human beings, one of the things that God has given to us is that in spite of, okay, we said it on Sunday as well, in spite of the environment, you can choose what you want. So a lady now is there now, and, you know, she's marriageable age, and there's a man coming to marry her, you know, his English is, you know, um, Queen Elizabeth standard. Height, six foot um, five. Um, which industry is he working? Oil industry. Okay, everything. And then another man is coming. He's English, eh? Pronunciation, he no get. Construction, he no get. You know? What's his height? Five two. And this beautiful guy says, I love the five two. And everybody around is saying, are you blind? 
No, she's not blind. It is the right God has given human beings to make choices for themselves in spite of what they say. Praise the Lord. In spite of what they say. Now, that thing can work, you know, like in most stories, movies and all of that. It always works that way. The lady will love the one who is coming from a poor family and all of that. And we sympathize with Abby. But in real life, you don't want it to be your sister loving that kind of person. Uh (laughs) But it can also work the other way. Where in the case of Samson now, you see, God gave him everything. And God was watching him. Oh boy, do my will now. And the man said, no, this power you gave me is only Philistine women. I will not, there's nothing else. That's anything in my way. He killed lion because a lion came in between him and going to the Philistine woman. He didn't kill lion because he wanted to kill lion. I get it. His will. And that's why it's dangerous because, you see, the Christian must be careful. You see a lot of people, the way they use the Bible, they say, I have scripture backing this. Backing what? What is God's will? You don't hear God's will. They're almost like technicians. You know, taking from scripture to achieve a result. The question is, did he send you in that direction? Why is that so? Samson succeeded in a sense. In the world standard. Because whatever he wanted, he could get. Praise the Lord. But the question is this. When he got like we saw on Sunday, did he enjoy Solomon said something to us. Solomon said, I did not withhold King Solomon anything that my eyes desired. Whatever it was that I wanted, he said, I sent for it and got it. Isn't that success? No. But how come he also says to us, all is vanity. You know what vanity is? Vanity is you don't see anything. Emptiness. And you see his life. Now, Jesus is called the son of David. But he also passed through the lineage of Solomon. He could have been the son of Solomon. But when you miss purpose, when you use this life to pursue your own things, once you're gone, you're gone. Nothing can be put on you because all you did, all you accomplished was what? Vanity. And that part is very shocking and interesting for us to note. You know, as we are reading Samson now, he's looking at us. I feel for him. I want you to finish your life so that when generations are reading your story, you'll be saying, that's me, that's me. You can imagine him now knowing that he was to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And he looks at his new body now in heaven. And he realizes that all he used the anointing for was prostitute. Philistine woman and Delilah. Imagine that. Now, let's not even go far. Some of us here, God has blessed us with real money in some time past. And the only thing you can remember doing with your money was that you bought flashy car. Rented three-bedroom flat. Traveled. Abby, your mother, you didn't send any. People you should help, you didn't help anybody. In your moments of brokenness, when you remember that money, you feel like beating yourself up again. How many have had that experience? Do you know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you don't, but when you fulfill purpose, as time passes, there is interest being paid on that thing that you did. Have you ever wondered, Paul says in the scriptures, he said, it is more blessed. 
to give than to receive. Have you ever thought about that? But what is our primary occupation? What do we all want to do? We want to receive, isn't it? But the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know why? When you receive, it's a one-off joy. It's a one-off pleasure, excitement. I receive. But when you give, assuming when you came into Abuja now, you know, you finished law school. As you were leaving law school, you saw a new student. And you gave that student all of your books. 20 years later, you go into court as a lawyer. That lawyer is the judge. How would you feel? You just shake your head. God loves me. Isn't it? Now, what has happened is this. You could have taken those books and sold it in the normal market and gotten 20,000 20 years ago. And it will be nowhere. But because you obeyed God then, a major case came up for you. And you stood and that was the judge you gave your law books to. That's what purpose is about. It sets you up for generation. And for us now as born again Christians, it sets us up for eternity. And that's why Lord Jesus will say something like this. He said, whosoever will cause one of these little ones to fall or to stumble, it will be better for them. You know why? Because you see, you and I, our purpose is now to lead people to him. If we now bring them down from him, he said, Wahala day. And it will not be a portion in Jesus' name. It won't be. So the Christian understands some of those things. And it constrains you, but it delights you. It constrains you, but as time goes on, you're just finding strength. So it's more blessed to give. Why? Because giving is your purpose. Praise the Lord. We are called to give, we are called to be a blessing. You know why? Our source is never anybody around us. Our source remains God. And our source is what? Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. And he's El Shaddai. So we are called to keep giving, giving, giving. As long as you're giving, there's purpose. You're fulfilling purpose. But if you receive, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with receiving. But they're saying when you receive, it doesn't multiply. When you receive, it begins to expire. But when you give, it continues to increase. Whatever you take and consume on yourself is gone. It becomes a depreciating asset. And that depreciation is 100%. In one year, you can't even tell what you did with it. But what you give, you know, you give somebody food, the person eats and, you know, tomorrow is hungry. But it's on record that you didn't eat that food you gave it. Are we understanding this? So Joseph, in his own case, said, this was what you wanted. You wanted me dead. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve a posterity. You look at them now. They are all in heaven. How do you think they'll be looking at Joseph? And that's what helps you live life. You see, another thing that can help us with purpose is this. Purpose is never for the moment. It's never for the moment. For you and I to fully walk in purpose, well, we have to keep looking at the end. You enter the university, year one. You know the excitement. You're now in campus. That's why many of you didn't make first class. That's why many of us didn't make first class. We didn't see the end. We saw today. 
you're on campus. Campus guy now. Campus babe. That's what you were hearing. You didn't know that campus babe. After 40 years, when they introduced you, you say, made a third class in this. And they introduced your classmate, made a first class. Just four years. You could have just given four years. And for the rest of your life, they will be attaching first class to you. Whenever I hear that first class, it used to pain me. Because I know I could have gotten it. But you see, I was not prepared. I thought campus was just campus. Four years. Do you understand that? Look at every stage of life. Any stage of life, you don't look at the end. You will miss purpose. And now in Christianity, is it a wonder that people are taking our eyes off the end? I don't know how people can live this. Let me make a confession to you. Before my birthday, while people were preparing for my birthday, I was asked, my concern was, okay, so after 50, will I be walking on my head? Is it not me and you that is here? So that's why when people ask me, how do I feel? I said, I don't feel anyhow. I was just asking. I said, okay, now, after that day, will something happen to me and I change? No. So I just said, let me be sorting out myself daily. Do you understand? You must look beyond. If you don't, you will miss everything. There are some people, their birthday is coming up. They put all kinds of things and then that day they are sad. That, did they even speak? I was just, I attended. <laughs> Do you understand? I'm telling you. But you see, it might make you a bit boring, you know. Because whenever you're with somebody here, you're thinking ahead. You're always thinking ahead. But you see, life needs people who think ahead. I'm talking about Christianity now. Most people who are Christians don't understand that our Christianity is for tomorrow. What we're doing now is witness. There is nothing here now for us. It says, you shall be witnesses for me. Every day you live as a Christian, what are you? Witnesses for him. In fact, the Bible says your life is hid in Christ, who is in heaven. When he comes, you'll get your life back. So I don't even have a life now. If somebody say, ah, but man, no be wood. Man must work. Man is not here. That's the word of God. When you got born again, you say Jesus died for you. And the Bible says, if we believe that one died for all, then all died. So that those who live should what? No longer live for themselves, but live for the one who gave his life for them. So every Christian now is no longer living for themselves. But a day is going to come when we will be what? Clothed with that body. And then we'll enter and begin to live ourselves. And that is when they will say, ah, brother, this is your seven crowns. They look at another brother. They say, brother, take your face cap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said, now at that time, very important thing. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm happy we're all laughing. At that time, do you know, may you never regret in life in Jesus' name. That's the worst part. As I was reading this, I said, Samson, I'm sorry, but this is what you lived your life with. You can imagine how he'll be looking at the story every time. You say, so all that anointing, it was my wife, his wife, his girlfriend, his prostitute. That's what he was fighting for. Delilah was girlfriend. The first one was wife. The other one was friend. That was all we see him fighting for. We told that anointing. Praise the Lord. Now, in the same way for us, okay, you and I have been empowered as believers. Do you know that the Christian, from what God 
made us to be and from what Jesus Christ has made us to be. You are practically unstoppable in pursuit of your purpose. Did you know that? Come with me to Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, when the angel appeared to, to Mary and the conversation went on, 26 says, Luke one twenty six. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, this is the assignment. Mary, we have chosen you to bring forth, you know, the son of God. And 34, Mary said, how can this be? Since what? I do not know a man. You see, we've said it here all the time. Any Christian who got born again well must believe in miracles. That's why a lot of cults, you know, that claim to have some Christian sympathies, they deny the virgin birth. You know, you see a lot of things, you know, arguments and just waste of time there. To be a Christian, to say, I believe in Jesus, he's the son of God, means you believe in miracles. Praise the Lord. Because how does a young girl who does not know a man bring forth a son? So Mary said, I've heard what you said, but how do we do it? The process is what? Man and woman, they meet and a child comes. And what did the angel say? The angel said, the Holy Spirit will do what? Come upon you. How many of us have the Holy Spirit here? The Holy Spirit has come upon you now, isn't it? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. And because of that, the power of the highest is what? Overshadowing you. I'm speaking to somebody now. Okay? It says, therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. What is Mary bringing forth? What Mary is bringing forth is the eternal purpose of God. The same way you, there is something God has anointed you and you will bring it forth. In the name of Jesus. The conversation went further. And this is what happened. It says, 36 now. It says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. What's the angel saying here? The angel is saying to Mary, what I want to do with you, if you look around you, you have seen one. Are you getting me? Whatever it is God is calling you to do, there is some witness around you. There is an Elizabeth. It may not be as extreme as yours. Elizabeth's own was old age, so beyond menopause. But there is something happening around you. If you look around, you will know that what you're trusting God for or what God has commissioned you for, if you're sincere, you will know that he has shown you sample somewhere. Praise the Lord, somebody. And then the conversation went on. And the angel said, 37, which is where I'm going to. It says, for what? With God, nothing will be what? Impossible. With God. With God, nothing, nothing, nothing 
Nothing, not one thing will be impossible with God. In the pursuit of purpose, in fulfilling God's purpose, it doesn't matter if they take a man and bury him. If God said this is what you're going to become, that place where they buried you, they'll suddenly discover in today's world that there was, um, what was it, a tunnel built there. That leads you to that destiny. That's what I'm saying to somebody tonight. That's what the Lord said. Let them know that I am able to perform all my purpose. You look around you. It might look this, that difficult. No. The almighty God will stop at nothing in displaying his glory. Where the problem is, is this. Many times, because of the environment and circumstances, we tell God it's not possible. We tell God don't worry. But look at what Mary answered in 38. She said, what? Let it be to me. What? According to your word. Let it be to me. According to your word. I don't understand it. I don't even think it makes sense. But you know what? Is what your word says. He said, I take it. Is what your word says, I take it. Is what you have said you want to do with me. Lord, I take it. Praise the Lord. I take it. What that statement is omnipotent. I free you. I'm impotent. You're omnipotent. When two of us walk together, I also suddenly become what? Omnipotent. So have your way in me. And that's why we learn this thing. So two things. Your will is to do his will. His power will accomplish it. Somebody say amen. Your will is to do his will. Don't worry about the threats. You know, time will fail me to, to tell you about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were threatened, weren't they? But they said to the king, King, we what? We have one assignment. We are born to be worshippers of the true God. We can't worship Nebuchadnezzar God. And there is no Problem, if the only way out is that you put us in the fire, don't worry, go ahead. We won't consider this decision. And the king tried to persuade. He said, don't worry, king. He heated up the furnace and threw them in. What happened? The fire did not burn them. In fact, the fire was introduced to their clothes as well. Even their clothes don't burn. And not only that, the Bible says there was a fourth man in the fire. When Daniel was put in the lion's den, what was the challenge? Do not pray to any other God. If you pray to any other God apart from Darius, okay? If you pray to any other God, we'll throw you into the lion's den. Daniel went and said, this is who I am. You see, I don't understand how people can consider two different options. This is who you are. You're a Christian, you're a Christian. Simple. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Christian, it has consequences and it has its reward. So just don't be worried. May the Lord deliver Leah Sharibu in the name of Jesus. But she's a Christian. You can't say, okay, I become a Muslim so that uh, they release me today. What if they release her and then on the road something happens? What will she say to God? What is the guarantee? The same people have been attacking the same area all the time. Anyway, so Daniel said, there is no controversy. We're not... I am a Christian, and well, if you want to throw me into the lion's den. And they went in. Let me show you a scripture as we round up. Psalm one, one, um, 
114. What happens in the life of a man or people who understand what we're saying? In Psalm 114, the Bible gives us a poetic account, but a revelation of what happens as God's people move in the direction he sends them. Verse 1 says, When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, it said Judah, verse 2, which is the meaning, Judah became what? His sanctuary. And Israel, his dominion. Judah becoming his sanctuary meant what? That God started living in Judah. Now look at verse 3. What does he say? He said the sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. What is going on here? As Judah was approaching, the sea did not see Judah. The sea saw the image and likeness of his creator. (laughs) Child of God, when you are obeying God, fear nobody. Fear no outcome. Fear no circumstance. Fear nothing. Ah, if I make this choice, I will lose this, I will lose that. Don't be afraid. God knows where you are. Praise the Lord. He said, the sea saw it and fled. Verse 4 says what? The mountains what? Skip like rams. The little hills like lambs. Look at verse 5. It says, what ails you, O sea, that you fled? Is it natural for sea to part for, for men? And it wasn't one so. Red Sea parted. River Jordan parted. The Lord's presence in you will part seas. It will part rivers. It will make impossible things possible. That's what it's about. We are his witnesses. We carry him. We carry him. When you see those vehicles that are marked, um, what are those vehicles that are marked? The ones that carry the head of state or the emblem on them. You see, those vehicles become an office. Where they are, the office of the president is there. What we are learning now is that as you're going in the direction God sent you, the office of Jehovah is inside of you. Who can say no way when he has said to you, go, let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We have not been set on an errand that we are going to try. We are sent on an errand that is a perfect work, a finished work, a completed work. In fact, the Bible says he goes ahead of us. God has gone ahead of you, sister. Brother, God has gone ahead of you. What he wants to... If, if, if a disobedient Samson could experience power because God chose him, what about you that wants to walk in the center of his will? Praise the Lord. Samson in his, in his weakness and in his failure could still call upon God. And because that was God's purpose to defeat the Philistines before Israel, in that circumstance, God still answered him. What about you? That all that you want is 100% God's will. I want you to go to him in prayer and bring every situation, every circumstance that you perceive might be blocking you from fully carrying out what you know God is saying to you. And ask it that question we asked on Sunday. Who is that mountain 
Who is that officer? Who is that sickness? Who is that infirmity? Who is that limitation? Where is it? Where, where are you coming from? To say that the children of God, the daughters of Zion, that the children of the Most High will not accomplish their purpose. Is it the Nigerian economy? The economy that can keep a nation, that can keep people from fulfilling God's purpose has not been created. Listen, in the wilderness there was no economy. Yet the children of Israel did not lack. <laughs> they did not lack clothing. They did not lack food. They lacked nothing. In this God's kingdom, it doesn't matter what we are praying for Nigeria to change. But we are declaring today as children of God. The power of God in you supersedes economies. It supersedes countries. It supersedes environment. It brings result. It pierces through. It accomplishes that which to, to which he has sent it. It is the word of God carried in you. He said, what ails you, O mountains? He said, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water. That's what Jehovah does. That's what Jehovah does. He turns obstacles around. You want to honor him. Begin to tell him, Lord, my life is yours. My days are yours. Where I am now, I surrender to you. Everything that is facing me, Lord, I say, receive the glory. Gain the glory in it. Gain the glory. You are my God. You are the God of my salvation. You are the God of my salvation. It is unto you. Unto you, Lord. The breath I take. The life I live. Everything, Lord, I have it because of you. So this evening, I'm coming back to you. I'm saying, Lord, I have no might. I have no power of my own. But I look to you, the mighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the wonder-working God. I'm looking to you. For with you, according to your word, nothing shall be impossible. Lord, I'm surrendering. Some of us are in different st stages of life, Bring that very stage and say, Lord, you must be honored. You must be honored. You must be honored. Some of us are being held down with indebtedness and is hindering your manifestation. But tonight, the power of God, the favor of God, the measure of God, every financial limitation, we are receiving the power. We don't know how, but favor will make a way. The anointing will make a way. We don't know how, but situations, circumstances, institutions, laws and things will be set up that will cause favor matole keta paso to satale geribanda nekeka po jende geribago jende ganda matale keribago jende geribanda zeka kokoko lakato soto soto i want you to pray because the god who has sent you is more than able he has nothing in the way that he has not taken care of. He says, I am the Lord. He said, have I not sent you? Have I not commanded you? He said to Joshua, you don't need to be afraid. Only be bold and very courageous. In this path of the righteous, in this journey of the believer, there is a name that has been given to us. That name of Jesus, it opens doors. It opens doors. It changes circumstances. Tell him, Lord, I believe in your word. I believe everything you have said concerning me. Lord, you are not giving up on me. 
and I'm not about to give up on you. Tell the Lord, I will not, I will not. I surrender. Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me. Tonight, tell the Lord, say, This is me. I am your child. I'm your son. You are the one who saved me. With your own blood, you redeemed me. With your power, you perfect what concerns me. You will finish what you have started. In my life, oh yes, in my life, in my life, you will finish it. Because you are God who finishes before you begin. You are Alpha and Omega. Tell him he's Alpha and Omega. You're beginning and you're the end. Matole Baba Santa. This life is in your hands. This life is in your hands. This circumstance. If it's a situation, commit it into his hands. Hand it over to him completely and totally. Let Jehovah know that you are his to do as he has purposed from the beginning. Lord, this life I give to you. This life I give to you. This life I give to you. This circumstance, this situation. Oh, Saleh Kerebaba, Sotaleh Kerebanda. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Sovereign Lord, most high God, let it be unto us. 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 No matter what the obstacle is, no matter what your position is, Joseph said to the brothers, You meant it for evil. Child of God, listen, it doesn't matter how many things are meant are planned as evil against you. The goodness of God, the purpose of God overrides all of them. They all work together. They all work together. It doesn't matter. It might be coming from all sources, from your own very family, from your own very colleagues, from your own very body. But tonight, by reason of the anointing, the same testimony Joseph had, he said, they meant it for evil, but you, O Lord, because Jehovah is supreme. Jehovah is sovereign. Jehovah is the most high. It doesn't matter who is decreeing. Unless Jehovah has decreed, it cannot hold. It doesn't matter who is cursing. Or when Jehovah has blessed, curses are turned to blessing. Go and ask Balaam. It doesn't matter who is putting an opposition. When Jehovah is on the path, the mountains are made level. And the valleys are filled up. That is the God we serve. Let's begin to thank him. Let's begin to thank him. Let's begin to appreciate him. He's able to accomplish everything that concerns us. He's able to fulfill every single purpose of this in our lives. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord will worship you. Sorry, there, there's one prayer. I see we have a, just a few minutes that I need us to pray from that Sundays in case we're not able to do it. In that Judges 13, you notice, when the angel spoke to Samson's mother and gave all the instructions, they added, and he shall begin to deliver Israel. Okay. The tendency many times is for us to be consumed with the barracks walk. And when it's time to fight the enemies, we don't know. Praise the Lord. Do we get what I'm saying? I want you to pray. You see, if Joseph on that very day did not say to that 
uh, uh, King's Butler. What is even wrong? Tell me. I can help you. Like the preacher said to us, when opportunity comes, what do you do? Take a risk. Open your mouth. There's an engagement part of what we are talking about. And I want us to pray. In as we occupy ourselves with discipline and obedience and holiness and all of that, let us be sensitive when the enemy is before us. Praise the Lord. So that we can really now take advantage of all the preparations. You're going to pray for yourself. Some of us will find situations where we need to open up our mouth and boast in the Lord. I would do I, I, I may have shared this story before, but many people may not. When we came to Abuja, at the time we were so broke, I went to Lagos. And the pastor in Lagos, we were going to beg for some equipment to help us in church. So there was one speaker, just one speaker, that they used only during Thanksgiving. And the pastor there, my friend, this uh, pastor, Chinedo is a question. Say that she asked the pastor, he'll give it to me. Then I'll come back to Lake, and then we'll use it in our main church. When I went to beg the man, the man was laughing. He said, ah, okay, no, we can't give you the speaker. Meanwhile, I hear you're enjoying in Abuja and your wife is driving V-Boot. At that time, eh, the hunger that was wiring us in Abuja. But when he said it, I was going to say no. Something said, oh, yes, sir, yes, 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 you're very correct. That's how I answered. I didn't know when I answered that. Not up to one, six months, seven months, the same man came to Abuja for a program. My wife was driving V-Boot. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm sharing this because somebody is going to be in an environment where you will be tempted to go back to barracks. No, you're not in the barracks when you're before the enemy. When you're with your colleagues, you're not in the barracks. There's a moment to speak. There's a time to open up your mouth. The prophet said to the king, strike the ground. And the man struck three times. He said, you have wasted the anointing. You will not waste the anointing. In the name of Jesus. You will not waste. There will be a moment to ask. Some of us, there will be faith. You will go and ask for favors that you don't. You ask the man. The man will be wondering. Look at. And they look at you. After some time, they grant you the request. Then they will tell you, we don't know why we granted. It's the anointing. Praise the Lord, somebody. Father, we thank you for sensitivity. We thank you. These your children are obedient. In the hour, they will be sensitive. They will open up their mouth. They will resist the devil. They will claim the things of the kingdom. They will possess their possessions. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give a shout of praise to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, our Father. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 15 You can find us online at www. Dot the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.